This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. If they expect me to walk away from Luton with nothing... I'll make very sure there's nothing to walk away from. Hello and welcome to the Oak Road Hatter podcast and it is episode 99. We are one shy of the 100 mark, which is incredible to, to say. I never thought we'd last this long, Jamie Castle, but how are you doing today? Yeah, good. It's um, pretty crazy. I can't remember what number I came in on, probably about 40 or 50, because I know you and Stephen sat before me. Um, but yeah, even for me to get this far is... Uh, yeah, it's, it's it's pretty crazy, but no, it's exciting. And hopefully the, the next 100 sees even more growth because, yeah, we're, we're enjoying what we're doing and um, we're getting lots of positive feedback. So, yeah, a, a big thanks to everyone that has spoken to us in person for their their their, their praise and feedback. It's, it's, it really is appreciated. I reckon, I reckon it was earlier. I reckon I think yeah. you must have got involved in 2025 in my head, but um, a lot has happened since the the first episode the probably the biggest thing would be promotion to the premier league but yeah it just goes to show documenting luton town football club it, it has lots of fun surprises and yeah we're on the upward trajectory with that at the moment we'll be speaking about wolves today um our fixture saturday at home back at kenworth road um, the, the game against West Ham did not go our way, but expect Ken Withrow to be bouncing once again. Just going into Wolves first, we got a little bit of a taste during pre-season to, to what they're about. Um, obviously, a managerial change since then, because it was still Lopetegui that was manager at that point. Gary O'Neill, manager now. 
They've started the season with three points from a possible 15. The, the sole win against Everton away. What have you made of, of uh, Wolves so far? Um, I don't know how much you've seen of them and, and what you've read about them, but I guess they've had a fairly difficult start to the season, Everton aside, and, and they've put in some decent uh, performances, particularly against uh, some, some decent clubs. Yeah, I think they've had a similar start to us in terms of performances where they're probably showing some positive elements, but also some elements to improve on. Um, I didn't watch all, all of the of the uh, game at Old Trafford. I watched, watched large bits, but not all of it. But yeah, I mean, they certainly were on top and were, un, were unfortunate to come away with a one of defeat. Um, but then, yeah, I mean, equally, Everton away, they probably got a bit of luck from, from what I hear from the Everton fans. So I think, yeah, they've had a probably a similar start to us in terms of, in terms of performances. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I think you can't take too much from the nil-nil in pre-season. Um, as you say, different manager. Um, Gary O'Neill comes in, um, slight different style of play. And I mean, he was someone that did really well at Bournemouth last season. And a lot of people say were, was unfairly treated and being let go. But it seems like obviously Bournemouth went in, in a different direction in terms of style of play. Um, so yeah, it's, it's going to be a different test. I think it's a test that we certainly can and need to get something from. Um, I think if you look at their results, they lost lost to Palace three two, and it seems like Palace were the better side. And Wolves, okay, Wolves scored two, and it seems like it was a bit. It was their Achilles heel for my for most of, of the season so far with scoring goals, but they've started to score a few, and that's something that, that that we need to do is start putting the ball in the net, and hopefully we do that on Saturday. There's a lot of technical ability in that Wolves team and um, you mentioned their scoring goals seem to be a slight issue um, near the start of the season. In my eyes, they've been a little bit, and, and this probably over the last couple of years, a little bit toothless in front of goal. They they create a lot of, lot of opportunities, they create a lot of openings, but don't really seem to convert too many chances. Um, but ultimately expect them to, to see a fair bit of the ball again and, and get themselves into to positive positions. Um, we'll go into a few of their, their key threats. As I mentioned there, there's a lot of technical ability, a lot of pace on the counter, but also players that can open you up from central positions. Um, who do you have your eye on as somebody to to keep quiet come Saturday? For me, the standout player by some way is Neto, right? I think he's is a reason he's played for Portugal. Um, I think when they lost, Jota to Liverpool, there was question marks as to whether he, he could step up. I don't think he certainly has. Um, maybe not got the return that he that he deserves in terms of goals and assists. Um, but obviously, he, he's he's just technically a fantastic player and I think deservedly is, is in that Portugal side. Um, I think up top in terms of their number nines, they've got three good options. I wouldn't say outstanding, but good options in Cunha, um Kalajic, is that how you pronounce it? And um, Fabio Silva, who I saw loads of at PSV last season, um, all offer something different. I know Fabio Silva is, is a bit more of a of a sort of not 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 big in terms of height, but in terms of size, and he's, he's very strong. Cunha's got got the pace, and and then Kalajic is is extremely tall. I believe he's even what is he six six four six five? I think from from memory, he's he's a bit he's a bit of a Peter Crouch type, but with a bit more muscle than, than Crouch he had. Um, so that in itself is a massive threat, right? Because you have to change your defensive style based on who you come up against. Um, 
you might you might have Lockyer, Burt, Bell or Anderson getting used to the pace of Cunha and then suddenly they bring on the power of Silva or the height of, of Kalajic. We, we need to be able to, to tweak in-game because, um, yeah, there's a chance that if they stick two, two well, if, if, if they put two of them on the pitch at any one time, that, that could be difficult. Um, so, yeah, they've got loads of threats. They've, they've spent a bit of money in, 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 in recent years. Um, but I, I don't, Apart from Neto, I don't think there's anything that, that we can't handle. Yeah, I was going to say Neto is he has to be classed as a standout. He he was brilliant at the weekend. Um, he was up against Joe Gomez, wasn't he? Against mm. Liverpool, mm. Um, had him on toast pretty much every time he, he got on the ball. One v one in attacking situations, he is he is frightening. But you know, we will be doing our homework, I'm sure. And when it comes to one v one defender. Issa Kabore, should he start, could do a very good job on him. We'll go on to the game itself in a little bit more detail. And we've mentioned there, Wolves are about technical ability, about breaking quickly, about playing good football. Coming to Kenworth Road at a time where Luton will be not desperate to win, but the level of desperation will go up. That's only natural. Do you think it's Quite a good time to play a team like Wolves who, you know, prioritise the stylistic uh, side of football more than than results, so it would seem. Yeah, I mean, I certainly think that we'll have more possession than we did last Saturday. I, I can't see Wolves coming to, coming to Le Kenyan having 72% or whatever it was possession. Um, but yeah, I think it's, 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 it's one of those games where as much as Wolves may may also want the ball, I think they're also, like you say, a threat on the counter. If if we have the the, the ball in in their third, we have to be careful to not lose it because they've got some a lot of pace on on the counter with with Huang and Neto and that that Belgar played played number ten for them last game and impressed the Wolves fans. So yeah, they've got they've got a lot of pace on the counter. In terms of is it a game that that we want? <laughs> It's it's one of those where I think the the, the answer, one side is yes, right? Because okay, the, the the team and the squad might not be desperate for three points. Obviously, they want three points, but probably desperate is not not the right word. But I think us as fans are. I think us as fans are incredibly. Well, we we are really really desperate to get at at least a point on the board, just to just to not be that one team in the league on zero points. So whilst Wolves presents a fantastic opportunity to do that, there's also that nervous threat that if we don't, you think. Whereas if it was a Man United or Liverpool, then if and if and if we lost, then it's that story that repeats for one more week of old. But yeah, but it's a tough game. Um, so no, I think it's a big, big game for us because that narrative of oh yeah, it's been a tough start in terms of the teams we played: Brighton, Chelsea, West Ham. That narrative for this one, if we don't get anything from the game starts to dwindle of yeah actually well that that was a game where we we needed to get something from um so it works both ways and it's probably something that you can answer in hindsight right if 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 we if we come away with three points you think yeah perfect game because we needed the game to win and 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 wolves were, were a team that, that that we could beat um so yeah there's an element of nerves creeping in obviously I, i'm you still no matter what it gets to the point where you just we just got to enjoy the, being in the Premier League, but still, there's that that want to to do well still. Um, so that adds an element of nerves to, to sort of the game because you really really want to get something. You get the feeling if it's another nil pointer 
that's when panic will start to set in. Yeah. Um, we've always said we're going to enjoy the ride in this Premier League season, but I think you could tell, you can tell within the Luton fan base we were hurt by the fact we didn't get anything at, at Fulham, given how we played, how they played, um, how everything played out. There was a mistake that led to the goal. There's, you know, it's it's not a bad feeling, but there's just a general wanting it's a wanting of a point or, or three now it's got to a point where we yeah we're, we're in need of proving to ourselves that we can do it and you know if you play a certain amount of games and you perform well but you don't get the points I think that can only that feeling of taking positives from the, the games can only last for so long and I think we need to yeah yeah evidently need to start picking up points now yeah, I think for me it's that that pride factor. I think not not that you should care what the outside world thinks, but going into the office, game four, oh, lost again, Jamie. Sort of, it's that it's that pride factor, and and you just you want to be able to go in and just stick it to anyone that has a negative word to Luton. Now, obviously, there's been a lot said about the media reaction, and I think the BBC in particular with that graphic of zero points. Was it needed? No, but they've done it. It's it's that it's really tough to balance between not caring, but also having the pride to also be like, "F you," basically that no, we're here and we deserve it. Because I think if if we if we're being frank, before before the season, we probably thought that we would have got more points on the board by now. I mean, I, I think certainly all of us, in terms of our preseason preview, we 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 all said that we would have won our first game by now. Um, so the fact that we haven't, it does hurt. As you, as you said, Fulham did really hurt. Not not because we we lost again, but just because we deserve something. And you just want what we're seeing to start to be seen by the outside world in terms of outside Luton. Um, and for as long as we don't get a point or don't get three points, that's going to continue and it's going to make that Monday morning walk into the office even, even harder. Because again, if we lose against Wolves on Saturday, you're going to go in and, and the, the, the things that we're saying to all of our colleagues, all of our mates outside Luton in terms of, yeah, but we're, we're progressing, we're doing well. Um, but we're not, we're not sort of um, shrinking in, 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 in this league. Um, all our, all our arguments start to weaken and that's, that's when it gets even tougher for, for fans. Yeah. And I think it's easy to forget the, the adaptation process that we're obviously obviously going through at the moment and it's been evident throughout the, the other promoted teams um the gap between championship and premier league um we were told not to underestimate it uh, we knew it was big but it is it is that sizable and um of course we recruited well within within our, our sort of financial planning we have added quality we're getting better game by game but ultimately, the we're coming up against teams we each week that have had you know millions to spend on their squad, plus the possibility that the luxury of having season upon season in the Premier League, and you know it's we probably had our orange tinted glasses on when we when we done our predictions and expected us not expected but but hoped that we'd go to you know Chelsea away and and do them over and and that kind of stuff. I know. Not many people thought that, but yeah, I think we're we're understanding that it's a lot more difficult than um, you know just surviving. Just surviving the Premier League is going to be such a strenuous task, and, and 
should we do it? It's got to, got to be one of the best achievements we, we've enjoyed as Luton fans, which, you know, surviving relegation, they sometimes say is better than promotion. And, and that's mm. especially when there's so many to pr- uh, people to prove wrong now. There's so many people jumping on the bandwagon of, oh, Luton have uh, embarrassment to the Premier League, blah, blah, blah. To Now we've got that added motivation of, of proving those people wrong and, and just watching their replies. I think Kieran said it brilliantly a few pods back. But yeah, seeing and hearing some of the comments that, that will come, should we survive relegation, will, will be fantastic. Let us go on to our starting 11 prediction for, for this game. There's um, a fair few um, there's a fair few dilemmas to go through, um, namely the ones that we've put in the polls. So we'll, um, we'll skip through the ones that are in the polls and not give too much rationale, uh, namely the, the left wing back decision and the, the striking line options. So, yeah, go through your starting at 11 for Wolves on Saturday, Jamie. Yeah, so um, I think the back five, to an extent, for me, picks itself. Okay, there's a few options there, but obviously in goal, Kaminsky, um, it's tough because there's been a a bit said about him and his performances. I think he's done okay. Um, Okay, made a mistake or two, but I think it's harsh to drop him for for crawl at the stage. the back three, I, I think for me, my, my, my point on Bell still stands. I think, he, again, he played well at Fulham, but I think he just needs a rest. Just to have, just give give him a weekend off is going to be massive to him, just to mentally and physically just give give him a bit of a refresh. So for me, I would stick with the Lockyer, Anderson, Burke back three. I thought Anderson, you, you sort of look, look back in hindsight where we said at Brighton, he was a bit, what Bambi on ice in terms of pace and and sort of being beaten by that that centre forward in behind, but you then then you sort of go forward and think, well, you look in hindsight, Brighton look look what look what they're doing, incredible. Go to United, like making look their, their defenders look stupid. And since then, I thought Anderson's done absolutely fine. He was excellent against West Ham, and I thought he was good against Fulham. And I think pace is less of an issue, so maybe. That was an overreaction on not just our part, but I think most of the Luton fan base post Brighton. Um, so that would be even back three. Um, yeah, we'll skim past the wing backs for now, but yeah, Kabore and Doughty for me. Um, midfield three, I think we'll go back to what, what we know. I think Edwards alluded to at the end of last game that there will be another tactical tweak, and I think it will be a tweak back to what we know. So, um, Nikamba, Lukonga, and. It depends on, I think Barkley's fitness is a big thing in that. Is Barkley fit? If not, then probably Chong pick, picks himself, but maybe Barkley, if Barkley is fit, and then Morris and Eli. Um, yeah, that, that that's my 11. Yeah, very similar for me. Um, of course, Kaminsky over Krull, as, as you said. There's been a few question marks over uh, Kaminsky over the last couple of weeks. I still think he... He is our number one. And I think when you look back to the Gillingham game, Krull um, made a fair few mistakes that went unpunished. Um, and I think apply that to the Premier League, um, then we could be talking about a fair few more goals that we've conceded. 
Um, so yeah, Kaminsky for me is still still number one at this stage. Although that competition is going to be good, he's going to push both of them to, to their limits. Uh, yeah, then the wing backs to brush past them before we go on to our poll. I've got Kabore and Doughty as well. Back three is again where it gets difficult. Um, I do appreciate your your um, your call for help for Mari Bell to give him give him a rest. Um, yeah, he's been a it's been a long period of time where he hasn't had that that break. Uh, so yeah, I, I still think it will be Bell. I do think Bell will play in that left sided centre back role, and I think it's more in my head for that. Um, I don't know. I don't know if it's just me in my head preferring a left left footer in that left sided centre back role. I do agree. Anderson has been progressively better. He's gone in line with with Luton and our performances so far. Um, and I think when you're playing deeper, like we have been, I think we against Fulham we we even deeper than we were against Brighton. I think that's why that that pace and mobility factor doesn't get exposed as much. But I do think he is growing in confidence. I think he still has an important part to play this season. Um, but I think it will be Lockyer and Burke that will take the central position and then the right side of centre-back position. Uh, going on to midfield, it's yeah, it's difficult again. It's difficult to, you know, it's another poll question, so I won't get too deep into it. But whether we go for that 5-2-3 or 5-3-2, I think depending on which way we go stylistically and formationally speaking, probably then dictates the the team itself. I think it will speak for itself then. Uh, but yeah, I think we'll revert back to that that five three two, and that will that will mean Lukonga and Nakamba, Chong just in front because I don't think Barkley will will be even if he is ready to to play a part. I think he'll come on from the bench and and build that up. Uh, so yeah, it'd be Chong for me, and then it will be Brown and um, Morris, and again, Eli would be very, very close in that because obviously he's done, he's done very well um, when he came on against Fulham the other day. We spoke about that in the last podcast, and that is that, those are the decisions that that Rob will be wanting to make, and evidently those levels of competition have been pushing dry, uh, pushing those those levels of competition up. And that is ideal. Going on to the score prediction, Jamie, um, are we still as confident as we have been during, you know, the, the open exchanges of this season? Yeah, I I think we'll win. I think at moments through my sport in life, um, there's been times where Luton have needed to win and, and, we, and we have done. Um, so I believe we'll win. In terms of the scoreline, I don't know if people have, have seen on Twitter or, or seen it themselves, but it's, it's been quite uh, funny how there's been a theme emerging in in certain results so far. We've um, conceded four in our first game, three in our second, two in our third, and one in our fourth. So we're going to concede zero goals in our fifth game. And in terms of scoring, we scored one in our first, zero in our second, one in our third, and zero in our fourth. So we're going to flip back to one. So it's going to be Luton Town one. Wolverhampton Wanderers nil. How many years ago was it when we beat Wolves one nil in the in the FA Cup? Was that twenty twelve? Uh, yeah, thirteen, I think. Yeah, twelve, 12 or thirteen, Early. maybe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, actually, no, yeah, it, yeah. yeah it, it was it was the same FA Cup one as Norwich, right? And what was that? That was first of Jan. Well, that that, that was Jan Jan twenty thirteen. So that would have been yeah. What December or November twenty um. 
12 maybe or was yeah it, 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 it's a, it, was it the third round was it yeah, yeah so i think it would be early, early, be early yeah. jan 13 and normage was late was late jan 13 yeah so 10 years later can we can we repeat i say the magic but you know it's not really magic when it's two premier league clubs coming up against each other yeah. but uh magic in getting us our first three points of the season that would be ideal i'm gonna I like the logic. I like the logic of four three two one zero, but I'm going to go for two one Luton win. Um, I think Kenny will be bouncing. I think that when we look back at the West Ham game, and I think I said it um, after after that game on on the pod, um, I think the fact that they enjoyed a lot of possession at the start sucked um, a little bit of the atmosphere out of Kenwood Road that day. I think we're going to be up and at them from the very first minute and, and put them into Sort of all sorts of difficulty and I think you know it's going to be one of those one of those special days at Kenilworth Road again and it will be 2-1 we're going to head into a short break now but when we're back we will address the free polls of this week I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for but you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. We are back for the second part of today's episode and we'll go straight back in with some polls. Poll number one was who should start at left wing back on Saturday and that's why I told Jamie to hold back on his left wing back rationale when we went through the starting 11. We had 260 votes, so it's one that uh, was well answered. We had 13% going for Amari Bell, we had 60% with Alfie Dowerty. And we had 27% at Ryan Giles. First of all, before we, we talk about the winner, can you see um, can you see why people went for, for all three? Um, it's good level of competition. Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. Um, I think, and also what adds to it as well, right, is how good Kabore played against Fulham. Um, I think if Kabore was a bit weaker or, or a bit... Um, more raw and needed more time to get up to speed, then that would also open up the the, the option of putting Doughty out on the right. But for me, I think Kabore made a statement last Saturday and and has almost locked down that that position there on on the right. So it yeah, it sort of just limits that one position now to to Doughty or Giles. And yeah, I can see why people went for both. Um, I think for me, it's got to be Alfie Doughty as I mentioned before. Um, I still think Giles needs needs a bit more time, um, and also I think it's just a bit you know, the fact that it's now our fifth game and Doughty hasn't what started that left wing back yet. I don't think um, 
I think he deserves to start at left wing back just to to show what what he can do. Someone that for me was behind Morris, probably our best player last season. Obviously, you got Nakamba for half the season, but in terms of what Doughty did for us last season was incredible, and the fact that he's not started for us at left wing back last season, um, I think he, he certainly deserves his shot. I think when we spoke about Premier League readiness in between, um, in between the. the end of last season the start of this season I think both of us went for Alfie Doughty as, as a player that we thought would seamlessly adapt to the Premier League and in the glimpses so far he has been really really impressive um, yeah I was with Doughty as well I want to see him in that left wing back role I want to see Kabore on the other side I think at the moment in the early stages of this season that's the that's the best combination that gives you you know defensive solidarity but also that attacking threat um, Dowerty, I, I think with Giles, it, he's more of a specialist. He's a crossing specialist. We've spoken about that, but I think Dowerty does still provide a good crossing service, and he can get at players, and he combines really well to get into to four positions. He's more of an athlete as well, um, and I think that experience of being involved in those Kenilworth Road games where where we have been successful, I think that could come into to play a good part. Um, and then I think Giles is somebody very good to bring off the bench. If we are chasing a goal, um, if we are you know on the front foot, I think Giles is a very good player to bring on, either in that left wing back role or if we're talking about that that five two three where we've got three forwards, Ryan Giles in that that uh, left wing position could be could be a real game changer. So. Yeah, I think it wouldn't surprise me if any of the three start left wing back. But I think for me, Alfie Doughty has to be that that number one pick. We'll go on to the second poll. And again, this is one that I tried to hush Jamie about when he was potentially going to delve into a bit more detail. Was should Luton Town stick with a forward three this weekend? Um, or should we revert back to the two up top? Of course, against Fulham, we had uh, Jacob Brown on the right. We had Morris running through the middle. And then we had Tahith Chung on the left. Um, I think it worked. And I think when we look back to what Kieran was saying on the last pod, it helped us break very quickly. And it was a game where we had to, to suck up a lot of pressure. But this game could be quite different. Jamie, what would you go for? Would you prefer to see the forward three? Or would you want the two up top? Yeah, I went two in my starting eleven. Um, I think I, I agree the three worked tactically. Uh, I think Brown did well and Chong did well, but I can't help but think that Morris looked looked a little lost. Um, again, it's it's only one game, so I don't want to overreact. But I, I'm I'm seeing glimpses of Morris being a a striker in in a front two. It, it was what he was at Barnsley and it's, it's what he did so well with us last year. Um, I just think he needs that, that right partner. And I think he, he was, he felt, he, he felt a little, little loss about his mate Eli uh, uh, on, on Saturday at Fulham. Um, so I just feel like if, if Morris is our talisman in terms of goals, um, we, we need to help him as best we can. And okay, the three tactically might might have helped, and Brown looked good, and Chong looked good, and no doubt Ogbeni would look good if he was if he was in that 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 white role. Um, but yeah, I think you, you need to help 
your centre forward, Colton Morris, because he's the guy that I think we would agree if if we are to start the season, he's the guy that that, that is firing and scoring goals for us. Um, so I I'd switch to the two and put Eli back alongside him just to give them that that one more go together uh, and hopefully help Morris try and regain a bit of confidence and form. Yeah, and we both alluded to the fact that Morris looked a little bit lost um, at, at Fulham. Do you think that comes down to, you know, you mentioned Eli working well off him. Do you think it comes down to the proximity of players around him? Morris didn't have too much support. And I guess when we did win the ball, um, the the objective for, for our wide players, for Brown and, and for Chong, is to get as wide as possible. Um, do you think then when balls came centrally, not having somebody running off him centrally, do you think that could have played a part as to why Morris wasn't as effective as we know he can be? Yeah, definitely. He, he holds up so well and, and he brings people into play and having Eli one, one beyond him or having the wing-backs one beyond him, I think, again, did to an extent. I know Kabore got up on the right well, um, but did ha- having those sort of wide forwards to an extent limit what the runners in beyond, I don't know. Um but yeah, I, I I just I just can't help but think he plays better in a two. Um, he scored he scored twenty goals in the championship last season in, in, in a in a partnership alongside Eli, um, and he, he needs players close to him. He needs those two eights up up sort of to to, to get that that second ball off after he he, he wins it or he he chests it and 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 holds it up. Um, yeah, I think we need to get as many players as close to him as possible. Yeah, I I would agree. I want to see the five three two. Um, basically, nostalgia of last season. Um, some of those those big games, you, you cast your mind back to Sunderland and Watford games where we really need to be up for it. And the performances, not necessarily in terms of um, scoring lots of goals. It it was more to do with how well they held the ball up. Um, I think. I think both Adebayo and, and Morris were, were fantastic against Watford and they were the same um, against Sunderland as well. Some of those really big home games that, that were massively important for, for what we achieved. Um, so, yeah, I'd like to see that combination again. Well, sorry, I'd like to see a forward two combination. I'd still go with Brown at the moment. I think he's a player that's bedded in so well at Luton. Um, the industry of, of Adebayo, but the athleticism he shows his pace that to go in behind he's yeah I've been raving about about um Jacob Brown for a while and I, I think he really is gonna deliver this season and he's shown glimpses of that already. Um as for the five two three I think that's something we can we can build into as the game progresses. And as I mentioned before, if we are in need of a goal, if we are in need of uh posing more of an attacking threat then then maybe we go to that five two three with someone like Giles or Bene to, to bring on um, it's good to see that we've got that flexibility now um, that we we played against Fulham and gave them, you know, a very decent game. One that we were we felt lucky, unlucky to to come away empty-handed from. Um, yeah, that that can only help adapt to a new system. Going to the results of that poll, and it is as equal as you'd like. Fifty percent for the forward three and 50% for two up top. And again, Jamie, you can see why um, it's so closely contested because obviously the forward three worked well very recently, whereas the two up top is something that we've seen work in our favour for, for quite some time. 
yeah, and I think what we have done really well this summer, um, okay, people might argue outside that we've not signed a centre forward that goes and, and get gets survival, we've not signed a big name player, but I think what we have done is we've we've built a really good squad, a squad of players that are all competing, that are all versatile in, in what positions they can play. Um yeah, I think we've we've done really well, and yeah, no matter what happens next season, I think going going in, going into, going into next season, I think we'll have a fantastic squad to to, to build on, be that to build on with, with with another Premier League season, or to build on with with, with the the hope of getting back 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 up from from the Championship. Um, so yeah, I, I can see why it's so close. Let's go on to the third and final poll. And this is, again, one we, we had to allude to in that that's, uh, score prediction this time. Will Luton Town keep their first clean sheet of the season? To, uh, I put tomorrow in the tweet. Um, yeah, it's one of those days I'm tired. Um, <laughs> and that, that pretty much reflected there. Of course, we're talking about Saturday. Jamie, do you think Saturday will be the day we keep our first Premier League clean sheet? Um. I guess it's a yes or no answer, right? Um, I, I think we were so close to doing so um, last Saturday, and if Kaminsky palms it away or or holds the ball on on Saturday, and we probably get it last week, right? So I think we've seen progress every week. Um, I think we obviously we were miles off a clean sheet in in sort of the the Chelsea and Brighton game, and got a bit closer with West Ham, and yeah, I think I think we deserve to. To not concede, I, I I think it I think it was harsh on us that the game last Saturday wasn't a nil nil. I don't think we created enough to to say that we were deserved winners, but I think we certainly deserved a nil nil from that game last Saturday. So yeah, hopefully our, our luck will change and hopefully we we can get the clean sheet. And I think if we do, that will give a lot of confidence into Anderson and Lockyer and Burke and 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 even the keeper right i think yeah i think for for, for Kaminsky to come in and not, not have the, not have a clean sheet so far he'll probably be hurting as well um so yeah touch wood we can we can get our first clean sheet yeah i agree um i think it would be massive for us to get a clean sheet but based on my my score prediction earlier uh, i've gone 2-1 i don't think it will be quite yet um Going on to the actual poll results, there were 59% that went, yes, they do believe this will be our first clean sheet of the season. And then that means there was, of course, 41% that, that didn't agree. They don't think we're going to get a clean sheet. I think it's coming. We're building in the right direction, eh? I would love to know how many of the 41% said no because you put tomorrow in the tweet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true, yeah. Um, maybe that's a null and void uh, question. <laughs> maybe that's one that, yeah, that's not, that's not truly reflective. Well, that is about it for today. A big thank you, Jamie, for coming on and a big thank you for everyone watching and listening. Um, a quick shout out and a plug to our YouTube channel. Please like and subscribe for more content. We're ambitious about what we want to try and deliver we've got lots of ideas in the pipeline and if that that subscriber count and um, interaction engagement can continue to, to drive forward really makes it more possible for, for us to bring you to uh, bring you that so 
Um, that is it for today and the next one will be the big one. It'll be episode 100 of the Oak Road Hatter podcast and that will be live with you barring any issues on Monday. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15 stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rose, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This podcast is proud to be part of the Talk Sport Fan Network. Talk Sport. Powered by fans.